DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Davis Vision, the Davis Vision summer LASIK sales going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. We're at BYU Football Media Day. They are kicking off, and Fessy Sataki is kicking off our coverage here as he joins us on The Zone. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. So you sat down in the commercial break, and PK hit you right up on receiver talk right away. So can you walk around anywhere around town, go anywhere without getting quizzed? Because the transfer portal is making everything more exciting, and it's certainly making the BYU wide receiver room more exciting. You know, uh, a lot of people are bringing it up, but it's just pure excitement. You know, I'm not getting drilled with the questions of who it's going to be and how it's been. I think everyone just has been expressing their excitement, um, and I, I definitely feel the same thing. Well, there's a couple things going on, Fessy, so it's not like I don't think you can roll out the balls and just expect all sorts of yards being gained through the air and touchdowns and whatnot because there's two components here that you're going to miss, and that's obviously from the receiver standpoint, Dax Mill, who was sensational last year to the point of getting drafted by the NFL, and then the guy throwing the ball. Yeah, uh, obviously he got drafted. I think he got drafted very high, if I remember. So you have to replace the quarterback, which isn't specifically your responsibility. But as far as Dax Mill being so productive last year, do you anticipate someone singularly being able to replace him, or is it going to be by the group? Yeah, I, I expect someone. The question is, is who or uh, which one or which two or however many. But if you if you rewind to the year before last season. We lost Micah Simon, Aleva Heaple, and Talon Shumway, all of right. which made up 90% of our receptions in the receiver room. That seemed room. devastating at the time. Absolutely. <laughs> and there was a lot of questioning about what it's, you know, who, who's going to step up, and and here comes Dax. And, and that's just a credit to, to him and his work. And Gunner had a super productive year, battled some injuries, and Neil kind of was under the radar. Right. And, and so the same thing this year. In fact, we're bringing back even way more production um, Dax was the leading feature receiver, but but between Neil and Gunner, I mean, we're looking at almost 100 catches and a lot of yards and touchdowns. And so now you factor in the Nakua brothers. I, I think uh, I think we all feel really confident in our ability. We're going to miss Dax. We know what he did for us last year, but we're all super excited for you know what's going what's going to come out of this year. So basketball coaches are just repeating the phrase over and over: get old, stay old. Now, recruiting is different because they're not dealing with the 25 annual, 85 total. You've got to keep some balance there. But are you always, to a degree, going to be dealing with this massive turnover if you're trying to get old and stay old to some degree as a football team? Yeah, absolutely, especially, especially with the transfer, mm-hmm. transfer portal. It, it, it's a whole new dynamic. Uh, throws a wrench at things but it's something we're kind of we're, we're used to because of our missionary deal we've been it's so unique here with how many missionaries we deal with and so we've been able to 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 battle you know and understand attrition and how it works and and look look at things from different angles but yeah that's always going to be an issue but i think we've done a really good job at at um, projecting numbers and and you know where we're going to squeeze guys in and make it work we're two veterans here sitting on this side of the table down here outside of the broadcast uh, building for BYU so we've seen we couldn't even count the number of games we've seen over the years and number of football coaches we've spoken to but we can say and I think DJ can say the same thing I can't even count how many times I've heard coaches we want to get the best 11 out on the field uh-huh. right? So, right, we, you know, right you know we've heard all that and I was wondering I suppose you got seven offensive linemen but anyway <laughs> uh, you guys the point I'm making is you have a lot 
of quality receivers. I mean, when A-Rod first got down here after being at Utah for all those years, I remember him telling me Powell was just as good as anybody we coached against in the Pac-12, right? So that's one guy. Gunnar Romney comes with all sorts of uh, credentials. Every Pac-12 school wanted him, so you got him. And the Nakua brothers speak for themselves. I mean, the younger Nakua brother, Puka, I mean, it was him and Fahoko, the kid at Brighton who went to Stanford, is now uh, with the Cowboys, that those two, they just jumped out at you, that they were so amazing. So with all this talent, what do you think that you will be able to put out in the field in terms of number of receivers? Will we see some different stuff this year? Yeah, I, I just in my room alone, I'd say there's about – 10 to 11 guys that can that legitimately um can play and be starters and and be super productive but i i uh you know my first two years here i had to in finding my own identity here at byu figuring out who the guys were in the room i didn't i didn't recruit any of them so there was kind of a learning curve in the first year for sure um and bleeding into the second i kind of just rotate a lot of guys anywhere from seven to eight receivers a game um, no one was really able to just to play every single play but last year I wrote out the year with those three with Neil Gunner and Dax and this year I plan to do the same three to four guys if if I can that's kind of the sweet spot um, of how many guys I would like to feature is three or four where I can just keep rolling them until they say hey I, I need to get out or um, you know unfortunately I, you know, I hope not there's no injury but um, just anything that forces them out I just want to keep riding through with those guys and then I, uh, it's nice to know for me I have five guys on deck that will be ready hopefully to go and, and have the skill set and tools to do that so it's a tough decision really tough decision that I have to make but we've got time it's it's I can't watch this summer but day one of fall camp people think that it's a three-week kind of a trial to see who steps up and emerges really I know in first day one or two um, who's going to be ready because of this, what they're doing this whole summer. And um, these, guys are, these guys are working hard. I know that. So we will judge people by catches and yards. It's stat-driven yeah. and all that. But you're going to watch film. Is anybody a better run blocker or a worse run blocker? Because obviously that can provide a little separation when it comes to deciding who gets playing time. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And I'm glad you bring that up. There's a lot of people who um, – they just gravitate towards the tallest guy or the fastest guy. And I get stats, they're a reflection of your production, but there's a lot of things that pe- people miss out on. So th- those run-blocking things, I mean, I, I look at the Jazz, for example. You look at a guy like Royce O'Neal, who, you know, who brings so much value, um, the little things he does, those hustle points, uh, how scrappy he is. So I have a couple, you know, Gunner and Neal are the only two returners. Both those guys bring bring an element of toughness. But there's a wave of guys who are going to step up and who might who might uh, have a uh, an increased role, which will then turn into catches, yards, and touchdowns because of their toughness, their tenacity. And we've got a lot of guys who can do that. No one really by name right now, but I think that's gonna that's gonna reveal itself really soon. So Jeff Grimes takes off to Baylor, and you guys will face them later on in the season. And then A Rod gets the promotion. He'd been doing a lot of that stuff. As I understand it, you got a little bit of different responsibility too, correct? Could you explain that? Yeah, I uh, got the title of the passing game coordinator now. And, and in terms of how that role changes, you know, ever since I've been here, A-Rod has been unbelievable, um, you know, with how inclusive he's been and, and inviting for me. Um, he's always asked for my opinion on things. I've, I've always brought stuff to him and he's confirmed things or um, spoke his opinion on stuff. And it's just... So I don't I don't feel a major change um, with that role because it's something he's already been doing you know over the last three three seasons since we've been here. Um, so I wish I wish I had a magical answer, something that's you know a lot more sexy, but I don't. 
So uh, you talk about getting to know the guys, and we feel like we've gotten to know Samson on Nakua on some level because we've interviewed him so many times. He has so much personality. Uh, what what is Puka like when you're around him every day? Puka is 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 very similar in the fact that he's just full of life. He's got um, very uh, happy go lucky type of personality. Um, the teammates gravitate towards him. Very positive. Very upbeat. Um, he's 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 a lot like like Samson in that regard. Um, maybe bites his tongue a little bit more um, than Samson, but the same type of personality, which I love. I think we need both of the their their personalities in our room. They add a new element um, of leadership, of toughness, and of personality, and all those things I think are critical in in our in a, in any room. So you got to have somebody throwing him the ball, and in this spring ball was unusual. No media and all that stuff. I can just go by what I've been told, but I haven't seen anything. Although I have seen uh, the two con- two of the contenders anyway get out on the field in years past, and obviously Romney and Hall, the other kid Conover from Chandler, uh, has I haven't seen him that much. Although I grew up in Arizona and I know people down there, and I know that he was a sought-after recruit. Uh, from your perspective, uh, what are you seeing out of the quarterbacks? A really, really tight race. All three bring something very different, kind of their own niche into the room. Um, and each one of them, you can justify being the guy. It's, it's really, I think, going to come down to one of those deals where it's, it's a, a week before the game um, to, see, to, to see who the guy is. And, and uh, I feel really good about it. It's the same thing. Like, Zach, we're going to miss him, and he's unbelievable. There's a reason he's... He was a second overall pick. He does so many, so many things, has so many intangibles. But these these three guys on deck, I'm super excited for, and all of them can play at at almost any school, you know, on yeah. stars. So we got a good problem. Um, is, yeah, same issue with the receiver, but less guys to deal with. So, so they can all roll left and then throw back across their body 55 yards down the middle. <laughs> well, of the field. I saw that play, man. Did you see that play? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe that's a new throw we, we put into practice. They have to do it. Do you ever just put your feet back and say, yep, there's one guy who was the first guy to offer Zach Wilson a scholarship <laughs> to play football beyond high school? And, boys, you need to offer me a lifetime contract <laughs> because uh, without me being here, I'm not sure that guy would be here. He might be a Boise or who knows where. So never just think that. Man. If, I'm the guy who first discovered Zach Wilson. If I, if I do that, you guys got to promise me that you'll have a job here for me. <laughs> so I haven't had too much time to do that, and I probably should. Because you were at Weber, and the story's out there. I, sure, I assume our listeners know that, you know, you – you identified him as a young age, at a young age. My wife teaches at Corner Canyon, so I'd heard about him for uh, a number of years. I think he's got moxie and all that stuff as far as that goes. But when you saw him and you, you latched onto him, and then obviously you got down here and, and we know how it played out, what did you see and what you saw, was it even better than what it became? Yeah, I uh, two components to that. So what I saw was like if this guy fulfills his potential like he's going to be super super special he just just had those a lot of the things we saw especially this past season you could see flashes of that you know in his youth uh, as a sophomore in his junior in high school it's just hard to 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 see that through because he was physically his presence was 
very underwhelming. I mean, it was it's hard to project that. I didn't. I never saw a second overall pick. Those are things you just you can't say because there's so many other things that factor into making that happen um, outside of that individual himself. But you could tell he was going to be a special player. The other thing besides just like seeing talent and being able to be the first to offer was I, I monopolized on a year of building a relationship with him. While other schools didn't offer him and it wasn't a rat race to see who could recruit him the hardest, that is where I think most of the value came from in my relationship with Zach was the ability to, to, to talk with him and, and, and hang out you know, when he was on campus and to, to build a relationship so that when the time came where offers started rolling in, he and I were, 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 were really close. And it got to the point where I was like, hey, kind of sell them off into the sea and said, look, I get it. You're, you're, you're getting a lot of big offers. Um, don't feel any pressure from me about it anymore. I get it. You're going to go somewhere else, but use me. Use me as if I was another older brother or father figure in helping you with these decisions. And, I, and that kind of played out on the very back end. And then how cool was it to uh, have him invite you to the draft and be a part of it? Such a special experience. It was, it was, it was just it was an unbelievable experience I'll never forget. Don't know if you'll ever have another opportunity like that. So I had to make sure I, I jumped on that. But I was, I was honored and humbled and enjoyed every bit of it. Took a bunch of pictures? A ton. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an alternate universe where he goes to Boise State and does everything he did here there. And everybody in the state of Utah, all the fans are furious. Like, how? How? How did he get out of here and no local teams got him? There's also a universe that BYU fans should be thankful that you were here because he goes to Boise and they have another quarterback. And then the guy the youths wanted transfers out and now he's bouncing to the U and he's in red doing some of the things he did in blue. So I think a lot of BYU fans ought to be happy you were here and you had that relationship and it all worked out the way it did. I like the universe where Zach is here. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So. I bet. Well, thanks for a few minutes, Fessy. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, good Great. luck this year. Fessy Sataki, BYU receivers coach, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's BYU Football Media Day. We're going to talk with the coordinators coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. That's next. Stay with us.